so I, I fell into the hype of a certain new shaving gadget. I've had the Mach 3 for years. Now, you're not a blade guy. You've been doing... I the, use an electric razor. And I, Damien I can't from stand Face them. for Men tells me I'm ridiculous for using a razor, an electric razor because it will damage my face. But I don't know about that. I just don't like them. They just don't give me a very close shave. and ugh, I don't know. I've never been a big fan of them. So anyway, I always had a Mach 3. And I was introduced to the Fusion, the five-blade razor. That's like the new one that's like... $500 or something. Nah, it's not too bad. It, again, it's give away the horses, control the feed. The blade, the actual razor itself is like 12 bucks. You get them at Walmart. Yeah. But then the blades, for four blades, it's like $13. Wow. And i probably go through a blade a week. Wow. And I got the power one. Now I'm thinking, well, I mean, the thing vibrates in your hand a little bit. Allegedly, the bit is it's supposed to, the vibration is supposed to raise your whiskers up so you get a better shave. Exactly. Is the Fusion better than the old Mach 3? I, I mistakenly put my Mach 3 in the bag when I went to Atlanta. Can't say it is. From a ta from a one test to another, I, I can't say it's worth so that it's not much one, more hype. So it's not one of those where you just say, God, I can't go back to an old razor and shave with an old razor. Yeah, I mean, now I'm stuck with it for at least four more blades, and then I'll decide. I mean, I'll just go back and forth. But I, there, there comes a point where technology, there's just nothing left. And now it's just a gimmick bit. Yeah. You know, five blades next to be six blades. Um, it gives you a pretty good shave. It clogs a little more because the, the blades are a lot closer together. Yeah. So you got to wash it off a little bit more. You know, it's, it's a toy. I mean, us guys have very few things in life to futz with. Cars, watches, yeah. golf equipment. Yeah, pretty much. It may, oh, and uh, yard work. Yard you work. buy a new power, power yeah. whatever. Uh -huh. So it's okay. I mean, if curiosity, you, you, you'll say it won't suck, but what you have now, if you have the old Mach 3 or whatever, you're not going to say your life has been appreciably improved. Okay, th the crazy thing is, I'm talking to our publisher, Robert Rodriguez, about this. And, uh, and I said, you know what? I actually did it really careful. You know, I wanted to make sure I got a really clean shave and everything, and I kind of liked it. it. Took me about five minutes, which is longer than normal. It takes me about three, three, four minutes to take a shave. He says... It takes him no less than 45 minutes a day to shave. I'm thinking, he's there's no that, way. He's told me that before. How, how much is that going to change when he's got kids? I don't know. All I know is I tried. Uh, yesterday, I tried to, to shave the slowest possible way. Five minutes? Five minutes. Five minutes. And I said, Robert, from the time I turn on the shower from the, to the time I leave and get in my car... It's no less, no greater than 25 minutes, 25, 30 minutes. No. Forgot. We don't have to do anything to our hair. 45 no minutes to shave. Just... I was, was he using a tweezer? <laughs> and even when I got the great facial and the shave over at Face for Men, and he did about nine different things, it might have been a half hour. So I don't get it. I, I just, it's, it's got to be a bit, unless he does like one... One stroke every five minutes or something. Does this guy have like a pencil goatee? He says it's actually sh uh, takes him a shorter amount of time because he has when he ha grows his goatee, it takes a shorter amount of time. So you'd think it'd be more because trying to be careful. But how long do you take to shave? I shave in the shower, and it usually takes me about two minutes. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have to be that careful. I just don't... 45 minutes. I, I don't think I do anything for 45 minutes. And I minutes. did just buy the uh, Fusion this week. Yeah, what'd you think? 
Well, I didn't go for the. I didn't opt for the battery powered one. Mm-hmm. I just went for the uh, traditional razor. Right. And I switched from, I guess, the Mach three. Right. I didn't do the Mach three turbo or whatever the in between innovation was. Sure. I really like it. I just don't think it's that much better than the Mach 3. I really like the uh, little uh, single-blade trimmer on the backside. That works really? Out well Where do you use me. that? Because I just thought on my sideburns. I thought it was useless. Just to trim the sideburns, it gets a little more accurate. Yeah. And then uh, I like the the little rubber pad that kind of keeps the blade stuck to your face. Right. Yeah. The uh, lubricant strip. Well, yeah, but then they also have, like, kind of a rubber pad that's below the blades, too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the whole head of the shaver is bigger than the Mach 3. So the question is, where does this all end? I don't know that it can go much further. Because, again, it's, it's not that much better than a Mach 3, if at all. If you, if you did it, in fact, you should try that. Do one side of your face with a Fusion, one side with a Mach 3, both with new blades. And see if you could really tell the difference. It's probably not that big a difference. Yeah. So it's a toy. It, you know, it's a, it's a new deal. But I, you know, I needed my Mach Three was ancient, and I was out of blades, so I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and get this. It's a little bit more expensive per blade, but you know, if it made a difference, which I, I you know, I think it makes at least a little bit of difference. Maybe the blades last a little bit longer because there's more of them. What I didn't like from a marketing standpoint is if you opt for the power one like I did just because I figured what the heck those do not those blades on the power do not interchange with the non-power really nope I would have thought it was exactly the same thing it's again it's another bit it's another selective buying process that just takes more money out of your pocket so they're they're getting a little overboard I don't again I don't know where it's going to end but I think they're getting pretty close so where are you guys at uh, we're at uh, the brand new Rodeo Ford. It's on uh, 30, just east of downtown. I think you take the Jim Miller exit. Excellent. Yes. A lot of Fords? A lot of Fords. They specialize in the truck here. If you want yourself an F-150, this is pretty much the place to go. So uh, so I heard last week that you got you guys got two weeks left? Uh, two weeks after this week. This is the third from the last rant. You know what I think you should do? I think you should switch places with whoever does the last week of the month. So you do it one time a month, and somebody else does it three or four times. Well, I think that idea was thrown out, but I think that idea was quashed. Oh, Gordon's not into that? Well, Gordon, I think, brought up the idea, but then he realized that that probably would be even more of a beating than doing it three and one. You think? Because then you, the other three weeks you're thinking about, crap, you know, I have to do a show next week. So do you think anything wild's going to occur at this ticket compound this week? I think it's a pretty good idea. Oh, I guarantee that there's going to be hijinks. You, you put all those guys in that confined a space. I mean, granted, it's a huge house, but... How big is it, by the way, did they said? I don't know, like 3,500 square feet or something? Yeah, that's not huge. Well, not I mean, it's, it's pretty big, but then you, you stick 10 people in it, it's, it gets a lot smaller pretty I'll, quick. I'll tell you, it was huge. Uh, one, of my, one of the guys I know over at Sports Illustrated, he sent me pictures of where Sports Illustrated, the, all the staff is staying in Augusta. And it's a, it's a Georgia mansion beyond belief. The backyard is, is monstrous, but they have a bowling alley in the basement. That'd be fun. That's pretty cool. That would work. 
But, you know, I was talking to Corby yesterday, and he's worried because he can't jog. Oh, yeah. He can't go anywhere. So, and well, Stern, they're going to have a workout room, aren't they? They have something there, and I think they have, like, a treadmill. But he and Stern both run a lot, and if you're used to doing that to clear your head, somebody's going to kill somebody. It'll happen. There'll be a shooting this week. <laughs> so I, the, the latest bit that I heard is that Dan is looking for a tent so he can sleep in the backyard. Is that? Yeah, Corby was saying that. I, it's is that not a bad happen? idea. Is that allowed? I, I think as long as you're on the premises, because they're allowed to be in the backyard if they want. So he's just taking it to the next level. So he's just going to live out there. I think it's a genius idea. I don't know who came up with it, but whoever did, big kudos, because it'll be a good I'm listen next all week. To him. Yeah. I don't want to toot his horn or anything, but uh, it's old Gordo's idea. Really? Um, That's a good. So Dan McDowell's going to stay outside yeah, so tent. he doesn't have to room with somebody. Yes. pup tent. Wow. So he can burn them and not worry. But so he doesn't have to room with anybody. Because isn't he kind of shirking the rules there a little bit? Well, no, he just he found a loophole. He wants to live in a tent. That wasn't listed in the rules, so... You know, maybe it's like NASCAR. The next time you do a ticket compound, you're going to have to say no sleeping outside. But it's not the worst idea. You still got your bathroom to go into, take a shower if you desire. So it's not right. bad. It's not bad as long as he has wireless. He can do his duty so at when, night. Which when's he loves. check-in? Uh, the first night, though, someone's just going to run up and do a pull all the belly dive out. onto the tent, <laughs> yeah, and collapse it on him. Yeah. When is, um, when are you actually going to have to check in? Sometime I tomorrow heard by, night, right? by 9 o'clock tomorrow night. Wow. So those who have... So what's your biggest worry, Gordon? My biggest worry? Yeah, what's your biggest worry going into the week? Uh, just that... Um, I guess just the idea that, you know, you got to be entertaining all the time. You know, hey... Don't don't go in your room. Hijinks right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Don't 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 go be by yourself or read or do something quiet. Hijinks, hijinks with us. Well, but there are enough people around that there's going to be something going on all the time. I don't know that you have to put pressure on yourself to be Mr. Hijinks. Right. Week. Well, that's what I'm hoping. I mean, I, I it'll probably work out. I mean, I think it will. I want to know who's catering. Central Market, right? Really? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bre I, are they hauling in breakfast, lunch, and dinner? That's pretty good. That's huge. That is good. Can you guys I don't get know. drunk? You know what? I think, in all honesty, this is kind of going backwards. Sorry. I know you guys are moving on to food. But um, I think the, the idea of just that I'm, I like doing the show in the morning and then walking away from the show, you know, and then you're kind of done with that right. for the whole rest of the day. And then it's, I guess, there's a certain feeling of, wow, that seems weird to be having to do a show from when you wake up to all the way when you go to sleep. And there's an edginess to it, too, because every day is going to be April Fool's. Yeah. You know? So you really can't do anything with any confidence that you're not going to be disturbed. True. But that, so I guess that's part of, the, part of the allure. Yeah, but I think you probably, guys probably have an advantage because if anybody really does something bad to you, you can always wake them up when you're doing your show at 4.30 in the morning or whatever. Yeah. But see, I, I don't know. I feel kind of bad about that. I, I, I've gotten a lot less uh, I willing to do pranks because of the old golden rule. Which one's that? It's like, well, I mean, I don't want to do that to somebody. I wouldn't want them to do it to me, so why should I go in and... 
put a soap at the end of a sock and hit Reiner when he's asleep, you know? <laughs> it's not so much a prank as it oh, abuse. Oh, that's more of an assault, yeah. I guess. Well, there'll be a big revenge factor, I think, most of the week. Somebody's going to pull some stunt, and then it's just going to snowball. Yeah. You know, so it'll be interesting. And you and, get and, what? And, do, you, do you get a conjugal visit at all? How does that work? Yeah, I think they had one day where families could visit. All at once? Uh, I believe so. I mean, it's all throughout the day. I thought it was on Thursday. One big sexathon, huh? For two hours. And what's the resolution of the master suite? Is it Reiner's? Was there a recount? No, no, I don't think there was a recount or anything. I guess Reiner's just going to take it. Who's room with Norm? Um, George. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Give me some heavy snoring in that room. Jeez. I know. Who do you got? You got Craig. And, uh-huh. he, and has Bob got his own room then? Or is he going to be with Corby? No, Bob is with Cor- No, Bob is with Grego. Huh. Yeah, because Dan was supposed to be with Corby, and he, I guess he will when his tent gets kicked down. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what? it's a pretty good idea. If you came up with Gordon, that's pretty good. I'm actually intrigued by that one. Should be interesting. What, the compound or the tent? I didn't come up with the tent. No, the compound. Oh. So you sound a little you under the weather. Coffee. What's that? You sound a little under the weather. I yeah. do. I just don't. I do not feel well today. So how's that going to play into um, next week if you go like that? Yeah, fake a heart attack. I don't know. I mean, I just you do the show and you go to your room. <laughs> I mean, it's not complicated. It's so house arrest. Try to convalesce. That is so house arrest. Well, that'll be good stuff. It is. This is very house arresty. Are you guys all going to have ankle bracelets on? Little transmitters. I don't think so. I think it'd be great if we did. That had like an electric charge to them. Yeah. If you cross a, uh, it's like a dog, dog invisible fence. And maybe there could be a little, uh, a little window, on the ticket.com. You could bring it up, and it would have like a schematic of the house and little dots where you could track where everybody yeah, is. Yeah, track in the house. where everyone is. All right. The last, great. the last question: Where are the webcams going to be directed? I have no idea. I have no idea. I mean, are they just going to be like in the in the common areas like the kitchen and the dining room and the living room? That's what I'm hoping, yes. I mean, surely they're not going to be in the bathroom or in anybody's bedroom or Side anything. Side room. I have no idea, but I hope not. Hmm. Yeah, that's is, the other is, thing. Is I mean, it's c- like, you, okay, everyone's just got to look at you all the time. That's just a creepy feeling. Yeah, but, you know, most people in radio kind of like their space. They're more introverted than most people think. And I, I think you're right. I think that's going to be the telltale dilemma. How are you going to go hide? I know. Because it ain't happening. I know. Well, I hope you get cheery, more cheery by Monday. I know. I hope you I feel better, too. That. I'm going to give him a back rub here in the break. Excellent. See if that'll... Maybe try and break up some of the phlegm in his lungs. Yeah, see if that'll break up the congestion. Lovely. All right, boys. All righty, Rick. Good luck with all that. See you, Craig. Right, Later, y'all. T-Box. Bye-bye. Bye. town is this? East Dallas? Yeah, I guess. Borderline Mesquite? 
There it is. Rodeo Ford. Stop by. If you're in the market for a car, buy one during the rent. That'd be great. We'll sign the car for you. Dave Lane. The Dave Lane signature car is worth, uh, well, I guess you, you lose money as soon as you drive off the lot. Yeah. If you buy a Dave Lane and signature you, car. You probably lose an extra, like, 500 bucks to get the signature detailed off. Right. Yeah. To get that thing buffed off. Anyway, you can stop by and see us. We have ticket t-shirts. We have fun. We have test driving to do. Maybe we'll get a wireless up and go for a test drive. We have uh, ticket t-shirts and $25 gift cards to Dick's Last Resort. Boy, you can't beat that. Well, I guess you could if there were $30 gift cards. That's true. And uh, beat that. You know, we mentioned By about earlier. $5. We mentioned earlier that Rodeo Ford is uh, your F-150 headquarters. They have... What's, what do you have against 150s, man? No, that's the name. I'm what? not... Oh, I'm okay. not telling F-150s to F. Okay. I'm saying that they're, it's kind of their code name. Right. So but not the, only can you sign up for Ticket T-shirts, you can sign up for uh, KZPS. Apparently has a giveaway going on. Oh, sweet. Out here. The but uh, the F-150, you can get a brand new one for eleven eight eighty eight. Are you serious? Seriously. I thought it would be about ten grand more than that. Well, I don't know. It's I mean, good. Come, come out here and check out the details. Maybe that's the base model or something. I don't know, but... That's what it's costing you. Eleven eight 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 eight. All right, David. How was your week? What? How was your week? Um, it was okay. It started out really crappy and then it got better. Uh huh. How about you? Fine. What? Uh, anything new? Did you go out last night? No. Last night I decided to stay in and just watch the Mavericks game. Uh huh. Did some. Uh, did they win out. a bunch of times? They did. They beat the Spurs to pull within one. How many times? They just beat them once. Oh. All right. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's exciting. And Vladi will be happy with that. Dirk uh, played his uh, German ass off last night. Did he? Yeah. He Did they good. play his song? No, which uh, I guess we can talk about that. That was kind of a subject of the musers this week, and it turns out it was an April Fool's joke on the Metroplex. Yeah. That the, the Dirk Nowitzki Transcontinental Express <laughs> is a <laughs> fictional project. It's funny, though. Do you That's want a funny gag? Should we stay on time? Should we listen to it next? Yeah, we'll play the uh, the fake Dirk song next. Mavs head coach Avery Johnson posts up basketball HSOs with Norm. Wednesdays at 1110. Brought to you by North Texas GMC dealers, the American Airlines Center, and Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. 1032 Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. You're listening to The Rant with Dave Lane and Gordon Keith. We are on location at Rodeo Ford in East Dallas. It's brand new. It used to be, a, it used to be known by a different name, which I won't mention. Jim Miller and 30. Because, you know, there's a reason that it's not known by that name anymore. Right. But it's Rodeo Ford now, and if you're in the market for an F-150 or any Ford, this is basically where you need to go. We're five minutes from downtown. Stop by and see us. We'll be here until noon today. We're giving away ticket T-shirts, and you can get yourself an F-150 for as low as 11888 Is that correct? Wow. So it sounds unbelievable, but it's, it's incredibly true. low. The Dallas Observer had a practical joke in there on April Fool's. 
about Dirk Nowitzki and his new album that he dropped off at the Observer offices. Well, the way it started is there was Richie Witt is the sports columnist for the Observer. Right. And in his column in last week's paper, you know, which came out two days before April Didn't Richie Witt do that whole article about how... About Reiner starting the ticket? Yes. He, he, I guess it was about a month ago he had a total lick fest with Reiner. I read that and I was like, what is... I don't understand this. Was that an April Fool's column too? That's what I was thinking. Because it made it... Say, he wrote several things and they were like... Uh, like, we started off as straight sports and then a few weeks into it, Reiner walked away from the ticket shaking his head saying, wait a second, something's not right here. And he went into his laboratory... <laughs> And thought about it and came out with something that he called guy talk. <laughs> <laughs> he had a piece of paper with a formula on it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, he really redirected me because I was doing a lot of X's and O's back at that yeah, time. Yeah. And he assigned me to uh, the kind of the comedy angle. He assigned George and Craig to kind of work on, uh, you know, doing funny stuff. Well, and, I, and, yeah. I, and I know Reiner doesn't think that way. No, it's just but weird that, that Richie that, Witt got the impression that that's what happened. Well, but that's kind of the legend of the ticket, you know? And so Richie Witt just kind of bought that and fleshed it out a little bit more. I almost think that... Should we demythologize the, the starting of the ticket? No! Uh, I think people like to have that little, people, little gospel of the ticket. I guess they do. I guess someday we ought to tell the real story. When the whole thing blows up, we had to tell the real story. The real story is it's all an accident. Yes. That is, the, that is the exact truth. It's all an accident. There was no master plan. We just kind of... It, every step along the way was just a happy accident that the ticket, you know, was able to evolve into what it is. It was nobody's master plan. It was nobody's... Uh, you know, Reiner didn't assemble the ticket the way it is now. It just kind of happened. He got the like Reiner got says the, himself, he he it grows organically. Right. He, he recruited the core group of talent, which still exists to this day. And he gets, he gets credit for that, and he should. He recruited three guys. Right. Very important guys. Grego, George, and Craig. Right. Which, you know, are still the cornerstones of the station. So he, gets, he should get credit for that. But beyond that, I think the way everything kind of happened and developed, you know, you have, what, four changes or three changes of ownership now? Uh -huh. And every change of ownership, there was a kind of a shift in focus uh -huh. and kind of a, a, a prod in a different direction. It just kind of happened. We lucked out. That's the bottom line. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even in that Richie Witt article, Reiner himself was saying, look, I'm not... He, he, I remember one quote of his even sounded... Uh, like the antithesis to what Richie Witt was trying to paint the whole thing as. He was, paint he was painting Reiner as this mad genius who would have to go off in the woods and think for a while, and then he would come out with these formulas and this new way of doing sports talk. The best thing that happened, or the, the, I think the key ingredient to the ticket <coughs> was the fact that the, the early days, the first two three years were under independent ownership. Uh-huh. That it wasn't part of a radio conglomeration. That it was, it was one year. Was it just one yeah, year? Yeah, it was only one year. I thought it was more than that. But, one year. But those formative, you know, formative days were not under the hand of some micromanaging, you know, radio expertise. Right. 
it just kind of was allowed to grow on its own. And then by the time it was sold, it at least had some kind of identity. Right. No one knew what they were doing, so we just did whatever was came first. I mean, it's like I didn't look at the ticket and say, you know what, these guys are good, okay, but it's a sports station. I'm going to add some comedy to it. No. I, I did the only thing that I can do, and everyone else, you know, I think got a little bit bored by X's and O's, and they're all incredibly funny guys and talented guys, so they started doing what they do. Yeah, because they got tired of hearing the guy sports of the world talking about the nickel defense when there's really no reason to talk about it. None of us had any clue. Anyway, we're totally off track. Yes, so Richie Witt is the guy who wrote that, and now he wrote another joke article. Yes, and the the premise was that he is in uh, the Mavs locker room talking to Dirk, and he looks at Dirk's iPod, and he sees, like, the, the top ten plays in the iPod, you know, and the first couple, three tracks are, like, classic rock tracks, and, you know, they're ACDC or whatever, you know, songs that Dirk likes to listen to to get pumped up for the game, and then, like, the fourth track is some track that's unlabeled. <coughs> and so Richie Witt, in this article, probes a little bit and learns that this is a song that Dirk himself has written and recorded on a four-track, and he asks Dirk to listen to it, and Dirk's like, no, I'm not ready for anyone to listen to it. And then finally, in this premise, Dirk delivers the CD to the observer and says, here, just, you know, keep it to yourself, but this is what, you know, you ran into on my iPod. This is a little side project I've got going on. And so he had this CD of, I don't know how many songs, five songs or so. One of them was a duet with Steve Nash. <laughs> Does that exist? And, and I wish, no, it doesn't exist, but it, uh, there were funny song titles, too. All about the NBA, yeah, about how hard it is. Yeah, all double entendre about dribbling. And, uh-huh. and so he had this song. This supposedly is Dirk playing all instruments and also singing. This is the Dirk Nowitzki Transcontinental Express.
know the guys who recorded this had to have been cracking up yes. laughing. So as it turns out, cracking at this. it's not Dirk at all. It was a practical joke played by the Observer. I don't know if it was with Dirk's permission or not. But Richie Witt writes the article, and uh, Sam Makavich, who is the music editor, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but anyway, he... Apologize to all Texas fans. Yeah, Sam Makovic. He and, uh, I guess, some dudes from uh, a local band called Zapruder Sequence put this together. And it really, uh, it's pretty genius because they've got that kind of amateur four-track sound. Yeah, they got the the sound of the guitar running straight into the board, you know, kind of. And they've got kind of, whoever sang the lead, you know, the Dirk vocals kind of had the the Dirk register and accent down. Uh Uh-huh. A lot of people bought it. Yeah. You guys on the morning show bought it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was sent to me. I didn't look at the date of the article or anything, and I'd been trying to get around to it for the past few days. It's really genius. I'm just curious to know I what... think it's believable. I'm telling you, Dirk is a good musician. And I'm sure Dirk probably has noodled on a four-track or, you know, recorded uh-huh. some stuff, so it's not totally out of bounds, but I just w- I wonder what his reaction to it is. He's got to know about it by now. I think he'd be ticked thinking that people really believed it, that yeah. he would write... It, the lyrics like that. <laughs> Courtside in the paint, in your, in your face, face, fade, fade away. away. My soul fades away. It's so gay. <laughs> Funny. Good job to Richie Witt and the Dallas Observer. Well that. done. Yeah, that was a good prank. It was a good prank. <laughs> you know, Groobs, we never ask you what's going on in your life. Absolutely nothing. Are, are, you're, you know are what, you never regularly on our show? Do what? Are you always on our show, or are you just making no. a guest appearance today? Uh, just a guest appearance. I think I've run the board for you guys like twice over the last two, three years. Well, it's good to have you. You know good what I've never you. understood is on bad radio, uh-huh. you know, Tom is kind of just, he's the third host. Yeah. But you're the one who I think has the funniest lines. I do. So why aren't you on more often? So that's all I've if got. If they're adding a third host, why isn't it you? But I think Groves really is I've in his to... element when he... I'm better at kind the of the quick little jab. one-liner. That's yeah. why I like drops. It's... I think if he was on the air more, he would lose his, his punch and effectiveness. Yeah, and I that think Cat would true. just shoot himself. You think that's what happened with Gribble? No, I don't think he was ever effective. <laughs> 1044 <laughs> on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Coming up next, Mexicans? we have... Do you want to do Mexicans yeah, let's or talk about Mexicans. insanity tumors? Which one do you want to do? Do you want to flip a coin or do you want to just pick one now? Mexicans. We'll do Mexicans. Okay. Sports Radio 1310, the ticket wants to know, when you're sending somebody styrofoam, when you pack it in... It's 10.52 on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. This is the rant, the third from last rant. We're sorry to tell you that. Maybe we'll go into detail later about kind of how that came to be. But uh, we're with you for the rest of April, or most of it at least. And we're today at Rodeo Ford, Jim Miller exit at 30. And uh, this is the place where you can get a new Ford F-150 for 11888 
So come out here and check us out. Check the Fords out. Get a free T-shirt. We have uh, Dick's Last Resort gift cards to give away, and we're here until uh, noon. You know what I'm curious about? Can food be t delivered here to Rodeo Ford? I mean, like, for somebody who hasn't had breakfast like me, or should I just wait, and then you, we go and probably, have lunch afterwards? You probably should just wait. I mean, you're going to ruin your lunch at this point. Yeah, you're right. But, I mean, there is a whole bunch of stuff right down there at Jim Miller and 30. I, Did you eat breakfast? I didn't eat breakfast, and, you know, I... I thought I, I thought maybe that we would have taquitos or something here, but I don't know. What was the last time you had a hamburger? I made a turkey burger last night. Did you? Yeah. Good? Very good. The Mexicans like them? That gives us a perfect segue into our next story. Well done. Uh, this is race weekend, which means that a lot of the races will be taken to the streets. No, I think race weekend it, it refers to the TMS race. And protesting immigration reform. Okay. I know black people. They're saying that they don't want immigration reform or they just want it differently. They do. They well, the, the first layer of this story is, uh, you know, the uh, Senate is going to their Easter break. They're taking two weeks off. Right. The U.S. Senate. And I guess they were debating immigration reform last night and negotiations broke down and they are not even anywhere close to a deal you know there's talk of giving amnesty to all illegals currently in the country and they've been going back and forth on that and they can't come to any kind of agreement and so that's been shelved for two weeks now until after Easter. All right, but aren't you kind of tired of this story <coughs> i'm kind of tired of it but it's it's relevant because since it is race weekend the streets of downtown Dallas are going to be crawling with 200,000 Mexicans tomorrow. No, Truck full of Mexicans, Mexicans. or Mexican immigrants. Or Mexican immigrants' children. Or Mexican-Americans. Or Mexican-Americans. Or Hispanos. Right. Well, they say that it's going to deadlock downtown What time Dallas. does it start? It starts at uh, the Virgin of Guadalupe Shrine on Ross and Pearl. Yeah. You know, the, the big Catholic cathedral down, down uh -huh. there, and they're going to march down that, Ross. That's not a cathedral, is it? Oh, it's that's a, the cathedral for the Dallas Diocese? Pearl yeah. No. Dallas Diocese, is that right? No, I don't think that's the headquarters of the diocese, but... So it's not the cathedral? No. It's a cathedral to the Virgin of Guadalupe. Well, it wouldn't be. I thought a cathedral, by definition, is the bishop's... Well, it's cathedral, the, cathedral shrine. Jimmy. I don't know. I'm so they're going to march down Ross, they're going to march across Griffin, and then they're going to uh, take Commerce up uh, to Irve, and then they're going to end up at City Hall. So they're going to march down, you know, and across downtown and end up at City Hall for a big rally, uh -huh. where hopefully there won't be any Mexican flags this time. Yeah, they won't have that PR nightmare. Well, good for them. I hope that they accomplish their task, whichever it High is. Five. I don't know whether it's in support of the new proposals or is it against it or whether anyone knows I have no idea alright Dina Schlosser's tumor yes Dina Schlosser woman who cut off her baby's arms we don't need any baby arm jokes but because uh, there's a 10 month old kid that died because of this woman's religious delusions is that what they were well, you know... Was she, was she set off by her pastor? Is that... We sit there and say it. You know, there's something to this. As long as the Bible is remote and far away, it's like, for the same reason, we don't think any new scripture's written. Well, I mean, 
how do you know that no new scripture's written? Oh, no, that's just some crackpot writing that and everything. We've got our Bible. How did they know when the Bible stopped being written? That's deep, man. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, because, you know, God tells Abraham to kill Isaac. And we really do believe God told him that, right? I guess. Well, you don't think God, maybe God in his mysterious ways, who are you to know my ways? Yeah, but he, this would but, be a slosser? But God, once Abraham committed to killing his son, then God stepped in. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, all, right, all right, I, I see. You were really going to do it. You, you were really going to do it, Abraham, and I, I, I give you props for that. No, you don't have to kill him anymore. Right. But he didn't do that with So uh, that's how we know. Dina. That's how we know that Dina Schlosser is crazy, and it wasn't from God, is because she actually went through with it. Right, because God didn't step in and say, no, leave the baby's arms alone. Well, do you think God, in these days, would tell someone to kill their child as a test? As a test of their faith to him? I don't know. I think we've uh, evolved. God, who has a father-child relationship with us, right? Right. That's the template that we uh, view it as. Knowing how much he loves us in that way, he would tell us to do that to one of our children to test us, our love for him. Well, As a grandparent, telling but, a, their, your child to kill your grandkid. I, I don't think so. And then you get into the whole um, Old Testament God versus New Testament God. But God's unchanging, right? Well, but you have the, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Okay, but you, God's unchanging. He's no different then as he is now but he made a different agreement with us what was the old agreement the old agreement was the ten commandments the new agreement is the one his, commandment? his, his son Jesus uh-huh so you're saying that he stopped doing those kinds of tests well but you you talk to you know biblical scholars and they'll they'll point to examples of of the Old Testament God being a vengeful God and then the New Testament God, he, he bridges the gap with Jesus. Did God change? No, I guess our perception of God changed, or the way he appeared to us changed. I don't know. If you say that, it, that the Bible is our perception of God, then you're entering man into this, and then the Bible is just some things that men wrote that we say, you know, we collectively uh, agree with this enough to say, okay, this will be part of the Bible. Well, that is kind of how it was. You can't tell that to some people. Oh, I know. Some people, God told just what was in the Bible. Man did not kind of figure out what was in the Bible. Did you read about that book of Judas? Oh, yeah. It came out this week. I guess Judas, there, Judas finally got a publishing deal. And there were people bending all over backwards to say, oh, no, this is, a, you know, this is no big deal. I think that some people are, are heavily, they have a heavy emotional investment into keeping the Bible exactly the way it is now. They don't want to add books to it. They don't want to take books out of it. They don't want to think that Scripture is still being written today that should be considered to be in included in the Bible. It's because all this stuff is safely in the past. It somehow lends authority to it just by the mere um, fact of its antiquity, well, which seems odd to me. Because they don't want to rewrite history. It's, it's looked at as a reference. They don't have to rewrite reference. history. It's looked at, but it's looked at as a reference. But why, why isn't the Bible a, a, an ever-changing document? I don't know. For some people, maybe it is. But for most people, Aren't they like... Aren't there books now that are much more relevant to 
God and knowing God and what God feels and the way God uh, uh, relates with modern man, you don't, you don't think there's better books now than, say, oh, I don't know, the, you know, pick one of the books of the New Testament. Luke? No, Luke is a good... Uh, Mark. You know, Luke and Acts are both good. Norm, Norm keep the Gospels Mark. and the Acts, you know, there. <coughs> you know, some biblical scholar could throw one out and say, yeah, okay, this one, you know, what... I think uh, there are books these days that are much more applicable to people's lives. I think... So why can't we include those in the Bible? I think Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus... Haven't read it. ...is by far way better than the Bible. Okay, but David Koresh has his thing, right? Right. You don't think that these people that were in the Bible appeared as David Koresh's in their day? Yeah, sure. Okay, well, why is he David Koresh and he's not who he claimed he was? As some other incarnation as a son of God? You got me. I don't know. I mean, I know he had a smear campaign by the, uh, you know, the press... Well, he may have been doing this and there. He may have been doing that. You know, you have a bunch of stuff that wasn't substantiated. But you don't think well, Jesus was... You don't, you, don't, you don't think it was true that he was doing underage girls in there? I don't know that it was true. I don't know they ever proved that or had any evidence of it. Somebody just said it. You know, the way that some people uh, accuse Jesus of things he didn't do. Just because someone said it. Jesus loved to party... That's, I don't know about but that. But he died for your sins. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not equating gay crash and Jesus, and that's going to be the obvious thing that everyone's going to come out and say, you know, and that, that would be very threatening to them, right? Right, right. That you're drawing up this comparison. But would we, if someone came along and said, hey, God told me to do this wild-ass thing that makes no sense to you, would we say that God was really talking to him? Or would we say, dude, this guy's a nut. Well, God but, stopped but, talking to people like also, that. You a long, also long have time to ago. you also have to put it in context too, because you know back in you know biblical times, somebody is crazy, they're possessed by demons. You know they they have a demon in their soul. Now they're you know they have a chemical imbalance. But they if you ask me, just intuitively, uh, identify what is from God and what is from a demon, and you tell me, okay. A disembodied voice tells someone, a good man, to kill his son. Oh, okay, that's demon. That's demon. I got that. But no, 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 no it's wait God. one second. It's, it's God. God. See, that's what I yeah. don't understand. There's no consistency, but I don't think we're going to figure it out here on the rant today. <laughs> well, no, we, we won't. But I, I think that But a lot of people see that even having the conversation or even having the questions is threatening. Don't do this. Don't mess with this. Just, you know that religion is something that's not supposed to be reviewed. It's supposed to be accepted. And I don't, I don't know that that's healthy. I don't know. You, gotta appro- I, I don't you, have, gotta, you have to approach it in your own way. Some people choose to just have the blind faith and the trust that what they're taught is, I have no, is no problem the absolute with faith. truth. I have no problem with faith. But when people act that this is all very black and white, easy stuff, that it's not just kind of this morphing poetry that you have to feel your way through. They see it as, no, hey, it says in the Bible this right here. And it may say some, that the exact same thing that's contradictory to that in the Bible, too. But, well, that we've explained that away in some other way. So what's your reaction to the, uh, the gist of the book of Judas, that he was the most enlightened apostle and that he entered into a, a secret 
understanding with Jesus and that he was just carrying out Jesus' plan. I don't see how that is in any way uh, out of the, uh, the tenor of other things in the Bible. I mean, to me, it, it's always made sense that if Jesus needed someone to be an instrument to his death, correct? Yeah. Because that's what we're told, is that he, he had to die. Because otherwise, we're not saved from our sins, correct? Correct. All right. So he has to die. Why aren't we always publishing that instrument of his death? The person who fulfilled his destiny, Judas, apparently to me, the way I see it, was born to do that, right? That was his purpose. Right. Was to play his part in the salvation of all mankind. So, and Jesus, being God, certainly knows that ahead of time. Why is it so un believable to say, okay, Jesus knows that Judas has this horrible task ahead of him. He has to betray Jesus and has to take the blame, basically, for all time. Right. And in the Gospel of Judas, it says, you know, your name will be cursed for generations. But what you're doing is it's, your it's part. part of the plan, yeah. Is your part of the plan. So the question... To me, it seems like Jesus in his wisdom would understand the complications of that situation. Well, the, the, the whole question is, do you believe that Judas knew what he was doing or not? Was he acting selfishly or was he acting for the greater good? Right. And did he actually kill himself? Yeah. And have his guts dashed about on a rock. Uh, I don't know. I, I, but I think, this is what I think. It's interesting. It's an interesting new way of thinking... So why can't we think that and go through that process, maybe ultimately reject it or not? Why do we have to be so superstitious and say, don't e oh my gosh, don't even read that, don't even look at that. Just stare at your Bible. Go home right now and you stare at that Bible. You stare right now. Because it's safe. That's what, I, I am amazed at the amount of superstition that uh, Christians, Muslims, anybody who's fundamentalist in any way how incredibly superstitious they are. They both fundamentally have similar mindsets. The cosmetics of it has changed, but the fundament of it is the same. So was, was Dina Schlosser in a fundamentalist church? Uh, she was in something that was, you know, kind of like that. Something that was, that was off the beaten path. I just find it, how, how are we... Who are we to know which ones God is speaking to in these crazy ways? The same God who would tell Abraham to kill his kid. Okay, so we all acknowledge, right, that that's in the Bible and we believe it. Okay? So we know God, it's not beyond God to tell people to kill their children. We know that, right? We, that's a common accepted belief. Right. But your, your claim is that he doesn't do it anymore. I never claim that. I'm just saying that... You it, believe that. And, well, I'm just saying that it, it, there's more ways to explain it away now than there used to be. That, that divine, interven okay. divine intervention I agree is, not, is not an accepted I agree communication anymore. I agree with you. Uh, to some extent, okay? Um, so are you willing to say that it is possible that the Abraham thing was Abraham's delusion and maybe some sort of mental uh, impairment? Sure, or maybe mental illness, or, or Abraham's part. or maybe it never even happened, sure. and it and it's a parable, right? I mean, that's a third possibility. It's that sports. It's just yes. that we, we basically come back to appealing to magic, and all this is we're appealing to magic. It's, 
How do we know what was in the Bible? Well, God, God told us what was going to be in the Bible. He inspired man to know which ones to put in the Bible. But then again, with Protestants, we sit here and we say, it's the Bible. It's all about the Bible. The Catholic Church and their sacred tradition is BS. We don't believe in that. It's all in the Scripture. If it's not in the Scripture, it's not in religion, in my opinion. Okay? But then, the Bible is a product of the sacred tradition of the Catholic Church, or of the Eastern Church, whichever one you think is the real one. So why do we sit there and say, okay, you were right on this tradition that you had. You're wrong on all the other ones. How do we as Protestants say that? I don't know. So in, in the context of this story, do you think tumor or no tumor, God speaking to her or not, do you think that her sentencing from the judge was fair? Dina Schlosser gets... Uh, insanity. Insanity. Innocent by reason of insanity, and she... Uh, is going to a mental hospital. I think that if if we have an insanity defense, then yeah, she seems like the perfect candidate for it. I don't know that I agree that we should have an insanity defense though. But does she does someone with her mental problems need to be in the general population in a prison? Uh yeah, I guess that's kind of the the rough thing of it. I mean, is, is, is it better for her or better for the other inmates if she is in a mental institution where she's going to be drugged and treated and whatever? Dude, I don't know. You know, here, the, it's a complicated question. And, and you know what's the main difference, I think, between conservatives and liberals? Conservatives, they want it. Well, black, what's the easy answer? What's the simple, easy answer? Okay? She cut off a baby's arms. She goes to prison. I don't want to hear mental illness. I don't want to hear anything else. I need things to be black and white, simple, decisions made. We subject ourselves to authority, bottom line, that's it. There's so you're no saying, gray area. I don't want to hear your gray area. So you're saying it's, it's underthinking versus overthinking? Right. That's basically what it is. Conservatives get annoyed by liberals overthinking, and liberals get uh, annoyed by conservatives' uh, simplistic thinking. And the truth is, is, as it often is, is in between. Truth is almost all in between. That's why. But, but we that's seek why I to hide to ourselves. Gray. We seek to hide ourselves in the orthodoxy of, of things bigger than ourselves. And it, to hide yourself in, you know, I, I can't even contemplate this gospel of Judas because I'm scared that God will get pissed at me. Because I'm fearful and superstitious the same way pagans have been for thousands and thousands of years, and Christians have been, and Muslims have been, and everyone has been. We're basically this superstitious, frightened creature. And I don't know any way out of it. I'm one of them, too. So I don't know what should happen to Dina Schlosser. I don't know whether this was justice, or whether this is overthinking liberalism, or simplistic conservatism. I don't know which one it is. What are we talking about? Talk about the Masters next. Oh, no. We'll take your phone calls next. It's 1112 on the ticket. KTCK Dallas-Fort Worth. KTDK Sanger. 
Our house is a very, very, very fine house. It's the North's America Ticket Compound. Listen live beginning this Monday morning at 5.30. Brought to you by Quick, Rodney Anderson, and Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. 1120 on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. About ready to open up the phones. Uh-oh. For I'm, this, I'm scared. Brouhaha. We started. We, we kept going with religious discussion all throughout the break. I kind of tuned it out. With my bold claim that if the Bible gets in the way of you and God, then throw away the Bible. Yep. Gordon is going to organize Bible burnings. I'm not saying burn the Bible. I'm saying that if you get hung up and you find yourself not being able to believe in God because of things you read in the Bible, do away with the Bible. God so, is so much more important than the Bible. So are you spiritual and not religious? You That's like, another you like claim that, that I, I can't stand. That's what I, I am. Cliche. I I um I don't have use for organized religion. I am um I'm spiritual. I'm I'm not religious. I've, oh, you are. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, nothing I, much other than I feel it placates both sides. I mean, I I choose um I choose not to worship because um I don't need to. Okay, I have I have a relationship you. with with um, a higher power. I don't like to say God. I like to say higher power. Well, that's fine with me. You can say higher power. Okay. What is that relationship? Well, I mean, well, I don't even know, want to talk about it. It's just it's something that you just wouldn't understand. It's something that I only think about when I make comments like this. Eleven twenty one on Sport Radio thirteen ten. The ticket two one four seven eight seven thirteen ten is our telephone number. Let's go to the phones. Hi, you're on the ticket. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, what's happening? Uh, a couple quick points here. All right. Um, first of all, you have to talk about sacrifice as well. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a plot. They still killed the lamb. They still put the blood on the post. But that was before Christ was actually crucified. So I don't think that ever since Christ was sacrificed for us, he's ever commanded he'd want to make another sacrifice. So I think that she's completely wrong on that. Let me ask you this. This is something I've never understood, and you may have more of a theological background on this or been okay. learned about it. Why would a guy who creates a world, mm -hmm. okay, is all-powerful, omniscient, benevolent, Sure. I don't understand why he needs blood sacrifice. What's the obsession with blood sacrifice? I've never understood that. Why does he need that? Hello? Hello? We lose our return? Norm? Wait, I was asking him a question. I think Norm knows. Who, uh... Norm knows what everybody wants. I don't think Groobs was listening to the show. I was asking him a question, Groobs, or... Oh, I'm sorry. Up on him. That's okay. Kill me. No, no, I don't want to kill you. I don't need a blood sacrifice. Hi, maybe someone else can call and answer that question. Uh, hi, you're on the ticket. Gordo. Yo. This is God. Oh, no. Oh, dear. You, really you, have, you have a bad phone. <laughs> Has Gordon angered you today? <coughs> no, not at all. I have a comment. Okay. I'll hang up and listen. Yes, sir. Listening to you AM boys this morning, thought you might like to know that I put Dina Schlosser's tumor in the brain affliction section of hell. Along with Johnny Oates' cancer. Good. All cancer should live in hell and should not be in your people. Exactly. Judas was a bitch. Vaginal slice, born boy. Okay. That is disrespectful. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Hey, I was just going to say, uh, it's kind of off the religious subject a little bit, but it's That's more right. on Dina Foster. Yes. yes. But uh, my uh, wife is actually a, a nurse, a I guess neuro and trauma ICU nurse. When she was going through nursing school, one of the things she mentioned to me as we were driving by Rusk Mental Hospital was she'd rather be in prison than to have to work in that hospital, much less have to be a patient in that hospital. Really, really, that bad. So you might want to consider that that's as much of a punishment as going to as going to prison. I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Twelve Monkeys, but I just remember a couple of scenes from that freaked me out. I wouldn't want to be in that place. Yeah, Good and, point. and uh, Lost this past week. 
Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it. I saw Tebow, man. Don't say anything. Oh, I saw sorry. it. Well, you got you got to see Hurley in, in, in his mental hospital. hospital. Uh, cool. It, yeah, it looks, oh, like, yeah. It looks like a beating for sure. On the Watch religious it. point, uh, one thing I learned, I uh, took a little philosophy class and a religious class, and one of the things they went through was the paradox of omnipotence. Uh-huh. And you have a God that is omnipotent uh, completely in the fact that can he create can a rock? Can he create a rock that so he can't lift? Even he can't lift it. Yeah. Nice little, nice little question. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Uh, what, and I've never what, under, I've what also, rocks can God not lift? I don't know, but uh, you know what I'm saying. You understand his point? No. Can God? Create, My brain just melted. No, no. Listen, listen to me. Can God? He's omnipotent, right? Right. He's all powerful. Uh, can he create a rock that is so heavy that he can't lift it? No. But either one of those, if he can't do one of either of those two thing, one of those two things, and he's not omnipotent. An omnipotent being can create a rock that is so big that he can't lift it, and an omnipotent being can lift any rock. So it's a paradox. I, I, I still think he can lift whatever he wants because he's God, man. But can he create a rock big enough that he can't lift? He could if he wanted to, but he doesn't want to because he's God. <laughs> what does he have to prove? Yeah. yeah. I mean, why does he have to lift things for you? You know, I've also never understood. Why, why are you making why God we, lift yeah, stuff? Yeah, what makes you so why special? Do we, are you going to believe in him if he lifts a rock? You know, you know what's funny is what you're doing right then is exactly the tenor of most religious discussions. It, it eventually gets to that. Well, why are you sitting there questioning God? If the universe is infinite, how come it has an end and it's expanding all the time? What's it expanding into? <coughs> who are you to question who is expanding into? Are you to question me? Oh, good point. I know. Groups, but that's the so way most, most conversations so go. I've also never understood why we always split out omniscience from omnipotence. It seems to me om- omnipotence implies omniscience. Omniscience is all knowing. Omnipotence is what? All powerful. All powerful. But don't don't you see that one is uh, I would think subservient to the other. I would think you have that to be all powerful before you can be all knowing, right? Well, well I think that is all power. knowing is is implied in all powerful. Yeah. But for some reason, we always split those three out. You know, it's always omnipotent, omniscient, and benevolent. And you know what? In the problem of evil, of course, is the thing that everyone's tackled for forever, right? How could a god that or is those three things allow evil or create a world? in which there was evil. Was he not able to foresee that evil would come into the world? In, ca- in which case, he's not omniscient. Is, was he not powerful enough to keep evil from coming into the world? Therefore, no. he's not omnipotent. Or he doesn't have that big a problem with evil, therefore, he's not benevolent. No, but evil, you know, if, if God is everything, then evil is a part of God. Is it not? That's the tricky thing. And I've always argued that... <laughs> I've always argued that I would much rather have... A God, I would ma- rather believe in a God who's not omnipotent than a God who's not benevolent. He's just up there punching buttons like, holy crap, how do I stop this? I think he's very powerful, but I don't know that... I, I just can't make him responsible for evil. And I know some people say, no, 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 humans brought evil into the world. But if God knew that humans were going to bring evil into the world, why didn't he do something to stop it? You well, know what? Because he wanted to give us free will. Well, what's so great about free will if it causes this much suffering? You know what? I'm going to exercise my free will. And during this break, I'm going to go use the pisser. Which is the great humbler. No matter how much theology, no matter how great human beings become, what kind of highbrow thoughts we have, 
We when you're grunting on an American standard. <laughs> God doesn't have to do that. He's all powerful. He can just imagine his doo-doo away. He can do what? He can imagine his doo-doo away. It's 11.28 on the ticket. Bill Guerin drops his gloves on bad radio every Tuesday at 1.50. Brought to you by Norris, the Dallas Morning News, and Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. And boom goes the dynamite. 11.35, Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. The Rant live from Rodeo Ford in uh, on 30 at Jim Miller. That's where we are. We're going to be here until noon, giving away ticket t-shirts and so on. So that's certainly a good good. <clears throat> Coming up here in just a moment, the story of... A boy calling 911 and the disastrous results. Uh, we'll go to the phones now. 214-787-1310 is the telephone number. Hi, you're on with Rant Ticket AM. Okay, this is exactly why the rant should not go off the air. Oh, you're about to blast me, aren't you? <laughs> no, I like it. I think it's great stuff. I just have this horrible feeling I'm going to go home and have all this negative email. No, you and won't. I haven't made any... Claim. I don't know any answers to this. I just wonder why yeah. sometimes we can't have a conversation. I, and that's what I'm talking about. Just the fact that you're you're willing to launch the inquiry, and Dave, you know, is right there with you. I think it's great. Well, I love, I love you. Me. How old are you? <laughs> she doesn't Gordon, want to say. We've been through that before. Oh no! <laughs> I can already sense that her connection's breaking up. Oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I love you. I love you, too. Honey. Okay, bye-bye. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket with AM. Hey, Gordon. Um, have you ever noticed that uh, in the book of Job how um, God <laughs> lets the devil, you know, attack Job but not kill him? Like kill right. his family, taking his riches away, you know. I think that, that kind of applies the same way today, you know, that he lets the devil, you know, attack us. But we still got to look to Lord, to the Lord and... You know, have faith in him that, you know, he will free us. Okay, concerning the book of Job, and I've kind of railed on this a few times over the past few years, like that kind of, that God that's in the book of Job, the kind of God that would just let the devil do all that, just kind of on the, you know, little, I've, I've classified it as a schoolyard dare, the devil kind of goading him into right. suckering God into but, doing but, it. But I can make this dude hate you. Right. And, uh, and then killing, letting people die in the meantime to prove his point. You know, and then at the end, giving him cheap compensation of but well, he gave him more. He gave another wife and more daughters and more cattle and everything. Hey, I can't wait until <coughs> my my second life comes around and God gives me a better stuff than I had before. Yeah, like God's replacing stereo equipment or something. These aren't people; it's just stereo equipment. That's always troubled me. But see, that's once again it comes down to all right. If that is God, then I can't believe and worship that God. So what should I do? Should I say, oh, well, Job is a story that's meant to uh, illustrate some particular part of God. It's not supposed to be literal, and this isn't really God really doing this. It's supposed to uh, illustrate some other truth. I would much rather dis uh, go with that than say, you know, well, I guess I can't believe in God. I'm excluded from this. That's meant for other people who can buy into this sort of God. To me, that's not a God that's worthy of worship. The one that would do something that was that mean. So what should I do? It's not exactly Should I do away with the book of Job or do away with God? Which one? I guess God would rather you dismiss Job. Yes. That's my opinion. 
But then other people act like a man don't speak bad about uh, the book of Job because that's in the Bible. It, speak bad about God before you speak bad about the Bible. I don't understand why the Bible got so elevated above God. You're not troubled by the book of Job? I mean, it's not just novel to me. Obviously, this has been right. one of the most troubling books of the Bible for ages. Yeah, but it's a, it's an ongoing theme. It's not just in Job. The whole, I mean, the Abraham story, too. It's all about testing your faith. But illustrate, but you're not supposed to, okay, you're not supposed to test God. But God's supposed to test your faith all the time? God, who's the perfect example of what we're supposed to be? Hey, learn from me. Don't do what I do. Do what I say. Right. I, I mean, I just, Is I don't it, understand. The book of Job has always been incredibly unfulfilling because what he does, and we'll do the thumbnail of the book of Job. Uh, Satan and God are talking, and Satan's saying, you know, yeah, um, you know, these people are only loyal to you because you do good things for them and everything like that. You know, they're always, you know, people like Job, uh, you know, he wouldn't be nice to you if you took away all his stuff. Okay, all right, all right, we'll see about that. And so he systematically starts taking away Job's stuff and kills off all his cattle and then his family. And, and then uh, basically Job, he lets Job be reduced, which I've never quite understood why that exonerates God from responsibility because he allowed someone else to do it. Um, but Job is reduced to he's just sitting in a pile of ashes rubbing, you know, dirt in his boils. <laughs> and, then, and then what does Job say? He says what every one of us would say. God, you know, why, 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 why would you do to this me? to me? Why would you do this to yeah. me? And God gives the most unsatisfactory answer ever to me. Who are you to question me? Where were you when I was creating the world? How dare you ask me anything about what I'm doing? Okay, well, and the lesson is just, you know, worship God. He knows what he's doing. I think we need to add a fourth tenet to God. Okay. So we have omniscient omnipotent, benevolent, and really thoroughly insecure. That's Dave Lane saying that, not me. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. Hey, fellas. Hey. What if uh, God didn't create the world? What if we created it and left heaven because we thought we could do better? Uh, there's a. Have you ever heard of a thing called A Course in Miracles? Is that Scientology? <laughs> no, what, it's not what church do you belong to? I'm interested in this. Yeah, I've heard of that. I don't know anything about it, though. Well, here's, I mean, this, it's, a, it's kind of long to try to do it all here one time, but there is no hell. We are at hell. I, I may mean, go with that. I mean, it's, it's, you know, I always thought it'd be hotter here, you know what I'm saying, in hell. On Earth is hell. Well, it's pretty hot in Texas. <laughs> shut up, shut up. I'm not high-fiving you. Anyway, um... Uh, there is, there is no devil. We're the ones that uh, choose to leave. We chose to leave heaven. If God is all love, how can He be a punisher? Also, why would, if God is because He's all mercy, He's also He's not only all merciful, but He's also all he, just. He's the yin, yin and yang. He's all wrapped in. Hey, one. thanks for your call, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Um, phone is so loud. You know that that's something else that I, I've personally I've never got into the whole heaven and hell thing. You know, it, it always creeped me out talking about, well, you know, uh, people just doing good things where they'll get into heaven. And to me, that didn't seem, I, I always thought God wanted more altruism than that. I think that, that you should not, you should not have a, lead a good life in order to get to heaven. You should lead a good life because it's its own reward. I think the end of the rant signals the end of the world. And I think we should all have Ooh. a suicide pact. 
Like Heaven's Gate it? Yeah. Huh. I think we should all off ourselves after the show in two weeks. Uh, hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, the ticket. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Hey, hopefully you won't cut me off when we're having our conversation this time. Um, the, uh, I think the fact of the matter is all the sacrifices in the Old Testament were done to show that there was one ultimate sacrifice coming. All the sacrifices were either firstborn, oldest, uh, purest lamb, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Okay. Now, let me switch topics here. As far as the Judas book goes, man, it's a great inflammatory read. But you know what? It's not telling us to switch how we be saved. You use a little common sense, that sixth sense that we get, that people fail to realize. And as, and as a matter of fact, religion is just a bunch of politics and spirituality. It's you and God one-on-one. -on -one. If you try to personalize so you can justify your life, that's where your base is religion. Anyway, love you. Okay. Thanks for your call. Hi, you're on Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. Hey, I got a couple of questions for you. Uh, first off, why is Corby turned his back on the rant? And second of all... That's a good uh, question. That is a good question. Uh, and also, I wanted to see if uh, if you guys thought that Dina Sausinger's uh, dead baby could ever... Uh, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not even... I'm going to cut you off there. You're not even going to let him watch one. No. You know, that's and that's probably where I've gotten old. Dead baby jokes aren't as funny anymore. I don't know that they ever were really funny, but I, I've gotten more sensitive to such things. You know, it's just like when there's just that much suffering in one person's short life. You know, I mean, that was the hand that, that person was dealt for their life. I just, oh, I don't know. You think I'm a wimp for it? I, I, th I do think I've become very wimpy about that you know like it's when just, you're in college people can make fun of like uh like uh retarded kids and stuff and isn't that funny you know and it's just like you, you get more <laughs> sensitive to that when you get older you do you have you have some, you have some feeling of being more. blessed you know i mean don't don't use your your blessed life to scoreboard others that just seems like bad form yeah it is bad sportsmanship <laughs> bad sportsmanship all right one more hi you're on sports radio 13 10 the ticket Okay. The reason God didn't let this happen to Job was because Job was just like this completely righteous guy. The reason God did let it happen to Job or didn't let it? What did you say? Did. Did, did. okay. Right. And uh, he was viewed as, you know, amazingly righteous guy. But it, this was all made and was allowed to happen as an example so that no matter how righteous a person is before God, they're just like completely distanced. Therefore proving that man can't rely on himself at all to for salvation or to have... But it doesn't sound like you can rely on God to treat you justly. I mean, how is that just treatment for a righteous life? Well, we have to understand the righteousness of God first and the holiness of God. And our So God's sense of righteousness is completely different than our sense? That seems weird to me that our intuitive selves tell us, now that's not the way you treat someone who's really righteous. But God should treat someone who's... who's that's what goodness looks like? Well, how, how are we to say in the end result whether that was unrighteous? Un, the un, end result still had un, dead uh, people to make a point. But maybe they, exactly. but maybe they were, uh, maybe they were angels in disguise, or maybe they were just androids that God put there. They the weren't thing real is, people. in in the story, it didn't say that God brought his wife and children back to life. It gave him new ones. Well, okay, see, that's your theory. A lot of people, a lot of people disagree with. with um, Wait a second. Do we have two people punched up? Hello. A lot of people will probably... Is that Corby? No. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. We didn't know. Corby's on the phone with us now. Well, Sorry, buddy. 
Thought you had turned uh, their, your back on him. Yeah, go ahead, Corbis. No, I, I, I never left. I'm, I'm oh, here. he's claiming that he's been on the phone this whole time. We just had him potted down. Oh, okay. He's always been on I the show. You. Yeah, sorry yeah. about that. That's yeah. okay. I'm not I a get it now. Help. I get that's it. All, that's all right. So no, I was actually fired from the show. I just want people to realize that. Oh, oh no. Do you, hey, do you want to rejoin us for the final rant in two weeks? When is it? Two weeks. Is it really a final rant? The 22nd, yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess. We're trying to get a lot of the uh, past hosts of the rant to come back on the show for the final well, one. Yeah, and so if you agree to the reunion, then we'll have all of them. Yeah. Um, what about Cornmo? He was a one-time guest, dude. He was, he was guest, never dude. a co-host. Stop bringing him up. Oh. What about Kelly yeah, Milligan? Yeah, I'll do that. All right. Wait, what? Hey, hey Corbin, did you hear about this five-year-old boy who called 911? You know, I did, but I don't know the whole story, if you right. refresh me. Yeah, all right. Coming up next, we'll tell Corby the story of the nine, five-year-old boy that called 911. I'd rather you do it now. Uh, we'll tell you next. Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. If a book about failures doesn't sell, is it a success? It's 11.56, Sports Radio 1310, The Ticket. You're listening to The Rant at Rodeo Ford, Jim Miller and 30 in East Dallas. Almost mesquite. Almost. Uh, we're we wrapping up here, here today. We only have a few more minutes left. Corby Davidson joins us right now. You may remember Corby from... Uh, uh, his days on the rant uh, many years ago. Hi, Corby. It's like a month ago. And so what are you doing these days? Yeah, I haven't seen you in, gosh, like... You working on any projects or... Well, I saw you yesterday, Gordon, um, at work. I, I work with you, actually, and I'll, I'll see you tomorrow at the compound. All right, that is certainly Corby. <laughs> All right, uh, here's a story, Corby. This five-year-old boy in Detroit, he calls 911 to report that his mom had collapsed in their apartment. The operator, in her understanding ways, says, you shouldn't be playing on the phone. Mm. And the kid's mom died before help arrived. Mm. The mom was only 46 years old, and they don't even know whether a swifter response would have saved her life. But they do want to know why the uh, operator apparently threatened the, uh, treated the call as if it was a prank. Police say that the 911 response is under investigation. Her son, the five-year-old, placed two calls to 911 after his mom collapsed on the kitchen floor. During one of the calls, the operator says, you shouldn't be playing on the phone. And in a tape of the call, uh, she also said, now put, now put your mom on the phone before I send the police out there to knock on the door, and you're going to be in trouble. Gosh. I thought they were trained to treat every call as, as, real. as real. Yeah. And that's, you know, I mean, I guess that's the... The problem with 911 is that they do get a lot of false shouldn't, alarms. Shouldn't 911 be automated? What do you theory? mean? If your mom's collapsed on the floor, press 1? Yes. And that way you don't have to deal with it. There's no human element and there's no human backlash or human smartass where they just like, I don't Yeah, but a lot true. of times the human they 911 need, they need operator is, down. Yeah, is talking the person down, is telling them, hey, you have to do, CPR, how to do CPR, all that sort of thing. Well, that's, that's also part of the automation. To, to calm down, press four. You know, and look, I'm just coming up with new ideas all the time. Hey, I'm, I'm an idea. Know, that's no, no idea right. is okay. a bad idea, really. Yep, that's good. 
Now, uh, this woman had ten kids, but this five-year-old son was the only one home at the time. How? And it took police three hours to arrive, so he was in the apartment with his dead mommy for three hours. Did she die of having ten kids? What do you mean, like complications from birth? Yeah, I mean, gut rot or something? Yeah, maybe all her, her you know, innards just fell out because she was so loose. Press 5 if your mom died of gut rot from having your brothers and sisters. Is that what you're claiming? That would have made things so much easier if he would have actually known what to press. And I'm, I'm going to go forward with this. I'm going to write my um, omnibudsman this week. Still a very confusing job title, the ombudsman. That doesn't make sense. I don't even know what that is. All right, Corby, where are you going to be later today? Uh, a birthday party, if you want to come on up. I'll be in Frisco. How about that? In Frisco at a birthday party. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Your job as a P1 is to find Corby and in, enjoy talking to him about the compound at the birthday party. Hey, wait. So the rant only has four more hours left. I'll see you on April 22nd. Okay. See ya. That's Corby.